You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast today. I am so glad you're with us. While we are taking a deeper look at the challenges and the opportunities that present themselves in the middle of this really unique time of life for us during the COVID-19 quarantine, um, today's topic is going to be an item that is both a challenge and a terrific opportunity, and it's something that every one of us need to do a little bit more thinking about. This is the concept of powerlessness, and And I've invited one of our staff friends, I've invited our recovery pastor, Sean Hampton, to come sit in with me for this episode because Sean and I have had some pretty good conversations in the past about powerlessness and the the Celebrate Recovery material that we use, it kind of helps us find a a new depth on the concept of powerlessness and the freedom that it brings. So, hey, let me just offer a greeting. Sean, I'm really glad you're here, man. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I love it. Hey, um, so Sean, maybe in a couple of episodes in the future, we just need to sit down talk about, you know, celebrate recovery in the midst of this epidemic, because I have no doubt that the strains and pressures of the COVID-19 crisis is really going to have a kind of a a boomerang effect on an increase in addiction, depression, anxiety, and struggles, our hurts, habits, and hangups, you know, but let's, let's put that off for a couple of weeks. But today, will you help me talk with the church a little bit about the concept of powerlessness? Yep. No problem. So Sean, let me tell you where this started, right? For Mm me, um, we, man, I was, I, of course, have been dealing with this on the inside already, but maybe I hadn't put my finger on it. And it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, actually, it was um, it was the week after Easter. We were prepping for the live stream. I was talking with the tech team, you know, thanking them for being here, just chatting, you know. And one of our tech team members, um, in his job, he'd been serving tornado victims uh, in you know in Moss and Soso and Stringer after the Easter tornado, right? Mm. And yeah, he and I were just talking about how crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. with coronavirus plus plus the tornado, the tornado, how 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 powerless that made people feel. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you think about it, you know, six months ago, uh, we had this this idea that turned out to be fiction, but we had this idea that life was stable that we were in charge, that if you made good decisions, you were fine. Mm-hmm. If you had some money put in your 401k, if you had some money back for retirement, if you were you know, showing up for work every day, you're going to be able to provide for your family, and there's no threat to that. If you had a nice, strong brick house, you're good, nothing's going to happen to it. And here we're standing in the middle of tornado rubble, you know, where nobody could stop the wind Mm -hmm. and we're all quarantined. A lot of small businesses are suffering because the coronavirus has led to a shutdown of so many sectors of our economy. And he and I were just talking about how we have this overwhelming sense of powerlessness. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to encourage the church with is that that sense of powerlessness, it can paralyze you. It can be a really hard thing. But on the other hand, it can also be a really positive thing. And so, Sean, I want you and I to talk a little bit about how can powerlessness ever become a positive thing? I think everybody knows how it can be negative, like this sense of loss and weakness and smallness, this frustration, this restlessness to solve a problem that's over our heads. You know, that we know what that's like, but most of us don't know how this can be a really good thing for us. So let's chat about it. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about just how everything has changed. 
not only for the people within the tornado, but everybody, all of us in our entire lives, in some way or another, we have been affected. And life as we have known it has just kind of, it's been shaken to, right. the, to the core and to the foundation. We can't go out to eat. Like for me, it's I can't go see, we can't go visit family members mm-hmm. because of the risk mm-hmm. that would entail. Just by going and visiting and spending the afternoon visiting with family. Yeah, uh, I've walked with many men um, who have just lost their job like that. And if you would have told them two months ago, hey, you're, you're going to lose your job. They would said, there's no way. Because, like you said, they were showing up for work. They're doing a great job. They're great people. But all of this was just completely out of their control. Um, I mean, if I'd have told you you had had to wait in line for an hour to get into Walmart, <laughs> I mean, that's right. that's <laughs> you would have said I was crazy. That's and, right. I, and that's just it. If we look back three months ago, and if I would have told you all the stuff we were going through and walking through and experiencing right now, you would have thought I was insane, and it would have been impossible. That's right. There's no way that we will have to live like that here in America. That's right. Not in America. Yeah. It's just not. It can't happen. And I think that's really one of the challenges when we talk about our lack of control. And when we talk about powerlessness, what we're talking about is simply our lack of to really be able to control our lives in meaningful ways for the most part. We can have a lot. There is We have some control over a lot of stuff we do. But when it really comes down to it, I mean, we are powerless over so much of our lives. So, so that's a scary thought. But, you mm-hmm. know, theologically, I'll put this out there. One of the reasons that I think powerlessness is good is because theologically it's simply true. You know, I mean, we almost we had the blessing of this fictional reality where it seemed like everything was super stable. And that's in our world. That's not in everybody's government. That's not in all countries around the world. But for most of us, for most of our life, we had this super stable world that we lived in. Mm-hmm. And it almost created this um this 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 unreal sense that we could depend on this. And and now that we've had this moment of crisis that's kind of challenged that, the the for me, the reason it's good on the first hand is because it's actually real. Like, God is in control of the world, and I am not. Like, so he's not shaken, but I'm easily shaken. Yeah. And we'd forgotten that. Mm-hmm. And that caused us probably to love the world more than we should, to store up treasures on earth, not treasures in heaven, more mm-hmm. than we should. You know, it probably caused us probably uh, to lean on ourselves and our own understanding mm-hmm. instead of the Lord and His sovereignty over us. So for a lot of us, we've really been shaken partially because we were trying to stand on our own foundation and not the foundation uh, of the Lord. Right. Or not only that, but we were... we. We were getting a real understanding where we find our identity. Yeah, right on. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, not it, it was my identity in my work. Well, if my job's gone now, what do I do? Yep. You know, it was my identity in the what I own. Well, now I look at my stock, the stock market, yep. and that's gone. Well, I mean, our, our students, high our school seniors. Exactly. My identity was on the baseball field. It's a great baseball player, a great soft, soft, softball player. I'm, you know, great in the classroom. But now there's nobody here watching me make an A. You and know? the list can go on and All on long. and on. Yep. Uh, yep. And now we're finally understanding. Oh, okay. Well, now I have to find my identity in something else. Whenever all that's stripped back, hopefully we 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 really truly look and understand what wow, our identity man. looks like in Christ. And I'll be honest, one of my greatest fears around the situation is that we return back to normal too quickly, and just rush back into pushing everything back into our lives and crowding out the noise. Instead you know of instead, instead of, of dealing with what's going on inside of us, right? Instead of saying, okay, now I get an opportunity to selectively choose what I allow back into my life. 
Good word, yeah. Instead, you know, instead of just bringing it all back in at once, we get to say, okay, well, this wasn't really that helpful in my life. These tech, this technology, yeah. or you know, well, this might not have been the career for me. Yeah, God might be leading me somewhere yeah. else. Same thing with athletics. You know, maybe this wasn't as important for me to be the star pitcher. Yeah. So that's one of the things I would encourage. I encourage everybody is take this time to evaluate your life, see where God is working, and evaluate the things that you that that you're because we we have losses all over the place. Right. Now we get to decide which losses were most important, which really didn't matter. I mean, because I'll be honest, this has been a great time for my family to connect with one. I mean, I'm connecting with Kate and the kids in ways I never thought possible. We're working puzzles. We're playing games. We're playing out in the yard. We're laughing. My kids are more affectionate. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's amazing because we're spending more time connecting. Yeah. So that's one of the things Kate and I are going to do is we're really going to be very... Purposeful about what we allow back in our That's family. Awesome. Um, so, Sean, one of the reasons that I that I really want you here because this is a great example of how you know the things that God has taught our church through Celebrate Recovery mm-hmm. can actually be discipleship tools right now for everybody in the church. Like mm-hmm. Celebrate Recovery can become a good tutor and a teacher to all of us. The reason I bring that up is because, like, hey, man, the very first step in recovery is to recognize your powerlessness, like to understand that, you know, so for somebody who is dealing with, you know, any addiction uh, or major struggle to recognize that, you know, this has become unmanageable. It's over my head. Like I don't have control right now. And to recognize, you know, that God is bigger than this situation and I need to give control of my life to God. Well, that pathway, uh, like you cannot really, in my opinion, effectively work the 12 steps of recovery without, working that first step, those first three, right? Mm -hmm. You have to. And so how can we, can you help us as a church understand the process of recognizing our powerlessness and allowing God to work in that space? Mm -hmm. Most definitely. And and you said we first start off by acknowledging that we're powerless. Stop denying that we have issues of control. Um, And then the next step is we try to stop, we we stop playing God. And it's amazing to me how much we play God in our lives. Yeah. We act like we have everything under control. We have all the plans. And that's something I've been struggling with because I had a lot of plans with our Celebrate Recovery Ministry. Yeah. Moving forward with music and worship and food and a lot of growth, uh, creating new open share groups. And we had, I had, there were so many plans that I had. And I'm having to say, okay, those were my plans. God has something else. Yeah. You know, I, and, and I understand I, I, I'm not God. Yeah. I have to relinquish to his. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of freedom in that. And I know oh, that a, yeah. lot, a lot of us enjoy control. We feel comfortable when we're in control. And so the loss of control feels scary. But I also want to say there's a lot of freedom, like to recognize that you don't have to try to be God. Mm-mm. And so I just want to encourage our churches we're listening to this to recognize that, you know, we should be still and know that he is God. Like mm-hmm. in Psalm 46, as the mountains are falling into the heart of the sea, as the oceans are roaring and surging and foaming, as the nations are going off to war and the world like really is shaken, the psalmist speaks up and says, you know, but no, behold, know that I am God uh, and I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in all the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage everybody, we're not God and we don't have to be. Mm-hmm. So once we admit our powerlessness, like, give him control. Just relax. Let yeah. him be in charge. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the first one is we stop denying. we got to come out of denial. Right. We stop playing God. Then we go about admitting our powerlessness and our yeah. weakness. And that's really 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Yeah. Where it says we boast about our weaknesses. Yeah. And that's all we do when we are acknowledging our powerlessness. We're boasting about our weakness and our limitations, yeah. which we don't like to admit that we're yeah. I'm limited. I can't yeah. do everything, especially in our American culture. But there's a blessing to that. And 2 Corinthians 12, 9 t- tells us about it. And so we may receive the power of Christ in our life. Yeah. 
So we admit our weaknesses and our powerlessness to people around us, to everybody, you know, as many people as we can in, in healthy ways. And what that does is we then connect with the power of Christ in our life. Yeah. So, well, I, I know that you and I are talking through this podcast, and somebody out there listening today, especially those of us who have, you know, enjoyed a lot of stability, or you know, are in control typically of a lot of things. Um, you know, we listen to this podcast today, and we might be thinking, "Okay, I'll do that." You know, I'll, I'll decide that right now. But you know, just to be more loving and a better shepherd to our church family, I just want to say out loud, this process is probably not something that's going to happen with a one one time decision. Mm-hmm. But I do want to encourage our church, like make a decision right now that you're going to lean into this process of admitting powerlessness and learning to depend on God. You know, put your faith in Him, not you. Um, admit, acknowledge your limitations, accept them, and let God's grace be sufficient for you. Let His strength be made perfect in your weakness. Amen. Let the power of Christ, you know, work through your life. And if that process takes you years, uh, so be it. But let's start that process now. So, this situation created an, an uninvited sense of powerlessness. Mm-hmm. But that sense of powerlessness can actually be a gift because it's reality. Mm-hmm. And it can allow us to lean on Jesus. Sean, I really appreciate you being with our church family today and helping disciple um, all of us who are listening to the episode of the podcast. Thank today. you for having me. Man, we're glad you're here.